0: Time now for Financial Friday on WOMI with your host, Drew Watson, sponsored by Align Wealth Management. Welcome to the February 3rd, 2023 edition of Financial Fridays brought to you by Align Wealth Management. Man, do we have a show for you. We've had a uh, kind of a uh, crazy week in the markets in in a good way if you're long stocks, especially NASDAQ stocks, as the Fed uh, looks like they are seeing some easing in inflation, and it may be signaling that they might be taking their foot off the accelerator with interest rates. Uh, In Wednesday's Fed meeting, we had a 25 basis points or a one-quarter point increase uh, in the Fed funds rate, which is right on the money on what people uh, have projected. And uh, more importantly, in the press conference afterwards, uh, the Fed governor um, stated that they uh, may be uh, have seen uh, peak inflation and kind of hinted that uh, they may be making uh, uh, some backing off some of the uh, higher inflation calls for the year. Now, with that said, uh, you know, stocks were down before that. Then they rallied uh, Wednesday. Uh, the Nasdaq really rallied and the S&P uh, yesterday uh, with a Nasdaq component uh, up at one440 Plus points, which would have been almost a uh, 3.5%, 4% increase. Now, where does that put us with interest rates? Uh, On Thursday, the uh, bid rate on the six month Treasury bill was right around uh, 4.62. The 90 day three month bill was at about 4.53. 10 year went out yesterday's session down just a. Tick to uh, 3.39 lows of the day, saw it at 3.33. So, 30-year um, uh, went up just a tad yesterday to 3.55, and it looks like the yield curve is straightening out. And if you've been uh, long risk assets to start the year, uh, you've you've uh, been rewarded. Now uh, we're going to get into some commodities a little bit later in the show. But our main commodity de ju uh, lumber uh, went out in um, Thursday's session at five twelve ninety up three dollars. Gold was down about thirty eight dollars an ounce to uh nineteen twelve um, West Texas intermediate crude uh, down just a tad to seventy five eighty three and uh wholesale gasoline was uh, right around uh two dollars and forty four cents per gallon in New York. Natural gas, um, you know, down to two forty six and you know, that's we're here in the wintertime. You know, natural gas hit about ten dollars per million cubic feet uh, back gosh beginning of september and has had a precipitous decline since then as i said we've got a great show lined up for you today uh, we will take a deeper dive in some of this crazy inflation that's hitting us at the grocery stores and what it means for people at different income levels keep listening to financial fridays brought to you by Align wealth management stay tuned same this same station and we'll be back after a word from our sponsors
1: what do you want to do when you grow up When we were young, it's a question we were often asked. As we get older, our passions become clearer, our pursuits become careers, and if we're diligent, we begin to plan for the life we want to live. That's why at Ameriprise Financial, we ask, what's most important to you? Starting with our confident retirement approach, your Ameriprise financial advisor will ask questions that will help you arrive at a customized plan that can help you realize your goals today, tomorrow, and throughout retirement. With the right financial advisor, life can be brilliant. Call Align Wealth Management, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc. today at 270-684-8424. That's 270 684 8424. Office is located at 2708 New Hartford Road in Owensboro, Kentucky. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc., a registered investment advisor.
0: Hello and welcome back to Financial Fridays, brought to you by Align Wealth Management. I'm your host, Drew Watson, private wealth advisor. With a line. And uh, as we said at the open, this is our uh, kind of post Groundhog Day edition of Financial Fridays. And uh, we've got a great show for you today. We're going to take a deeper dive in some stuff we started last week uh, with regards to inflation and really how it uh, stacks up and hurts people. Now, this is usually our investment segment where we focus on investments. We'll get to that in this segment. But the Wall Street Journal on Wednesday had a really good article, uh, if you have access to it online or go to the library and get it, with regards to what's really going on on the uh, impact of inflation and especially by uh, wage cohort. Uh, So that's a fancy way of – Talking about uh, what I've been uh, discussing, that is, uh, you know, kind of entry level workers into the workforce. So we're going to cover that. Now, specifically speaking, as uh, mentioned in earlier shows as well, we've discussed quite a bit about the uh, savings that people had uh, because of the pandemic. And now, uh, the not so much savings because prices are high so let me kind of cut to the chase and kind of get into a little bit of of where we are Um, and specifically speaking what we know is coming out of the pandemic the consumer price index is up roughly 15 percent from a baseline of zero before the pandemic and keep in mind during the depths of the pandemic prices collapsed to almost negative 20%. So that's roughly in two less, well, right about two years now, that's about a uh, 35% change in relative prices. Uh, That's a staggering amount of price changes and probably uh, outside of the Weimar Republic uh, has not been seen since uh, in the developed world. Now, The personal savings rate, as we mentioned, uh, during the pandemic, it got up to the largest amount really in history, but that was after the first round of stimulus checks. So you get out here to kind of mid-year 2020, you're looking at a personal savings rate of uh, almost 35%. So that's a combination of the fact that the first round of stimulus went out, but more so uh, because the savings rate went from uh, just under 10 to about 30% before the stimulus checks hit, because we couldn't go anywhere and buy anything. Um, so that you know, would tell you in simplistic terms, perhaps, that generally uh, just the uh, what we might call discretionary purchases in the economy may be 20% of what people make. So keep that figure in mind. Uh, Now, when the second stimulus check hit back right at the beginning of 21, that pushed our savings rate up uh, to 20%. So it's clear people, uh, after they were able to get out in 20 and start moving around, they uh, burned through a tremendous amount of cash from about 35% saved down to probably under 15%. Uh, If you were a listener then, you know this is when I did the infamous Uh, Coming home from Kroger, going by an apartment complex, and you could not fit another Samsung 55 to 80-inch TV box in the dumpsters because uh, the horn of plenty had spilled out, uh, and it was uh, big screen TVs, Sony PlayStations, and, you know, as Biggie Smalls would say, Sega Genesis, uh, (laughs) I couldn't picture this, all of the, uh, spending going on. The third round of stimulus, uh, sent our savings rate back to the mid 20 level, 20% level. And since then, uh, that savings rate has really dropped off, uh, to where it was to close last year at 3.4%. Now that's a lot of money spent. So the wall street journal does a really good job of kind of breaking this down by income cohorts. So, um, the amount, so this this is a graph, is the share of U.S. adults whose monthly expenses uh, were more than their income. So for the $100,000 or more cohort, roughly about 8% of people normally would have uh, expenses that exceed their income. And now that figures up almost to 10, uh, an increase of about... Uh, 1.7% from 2021. For the families in the 50 to $100,000 level, um, normally that's about 10.5%, uh, 11%. Uh, that figures now is up to uh, roughly almost 13%, an increase of about 2.6%. So to kind of cut to the chase uh, on what we've been discussing the last two weeks is, for those households under $50,000 a year, now almost 30% of them are spending more on a monthly basis than they bring in an in income. Uh, that figure typically is around 20, uh, so it's increased you know, 25%, almost you know, say over a third, uh, just in 12 months. So what does that spell for investments? Well, eventually in an economy, um, spells trouble with a capital T, which rhymes with C, which starts with credit cards, because this uh, excess spending above incomes are being financed on credit cards. So as you uh, look at uh, specific investments, and there again, this is no solicitation to buy or sell anything, what you want to look at from credit card companies and banks alike is what is the credit quality of their investment portfolio. Because remember, uh, your deposit at a bank is your asset, but it's the bank's liability, meaning they need to give it back to you. But your loan at the bank, which is your liability, is the bank's asset. And credit cards are unsecured loans typically. And uh, banks do and should uh, try to identify any known or unknown dangers within their loan portfolio this these are the old FASB 114 rules now there's different banking rules where they'll identify uh, potential losses in the loan portfolio and make what is called a uh, allowance to their loan loss provision which is really kind of a line item figure uh, if they know they may lose you know hundreds of millions of dollars uh, in a credit card portfolio uh, they can go ahead and put money back uh, on a quarterly basis or monthly basis to prepare for this loss. So, as you review those type of financial uh, institutions' earnings reports, or or if you are a shareholder at a locally owned bank, you get figures every uh, every quarter. Hopefully, take a look at what the credit quality is and what is the direction of the allowance. So that's what they call it in the business, the allowance for loan and lease losses. And are they making additional provisions month after month or quarter after quarter to prepare for what might be um, situations where people do not fully pay back their loans as agreed? So it could be we're getting close to a pinch point in this economy. Let's all keep our eyes open for it. And until then, keep listening to Financial Fridays right here on this station. And we will be back after a word from our sponsor.
1: When today is unpredictable, you need sound advice and strong support to help you stay focused on your long-term financial goals for tomorrow. Ameriprise has been guiding clients through challenging times for over 125 years. You can take comfort in working with an advisor who's backed by that strong experience and who's there to guide you with personalized, goal-based financial advice. Together, you and your Ameriprise advisor can plan your future while navigating your now. Call Align Wealth Management, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, today at 270-684-8424. That's 270-684-8424. Office is located at 2708 New Hartford Road in Owensboro, Kentucky.
0: Hello and welcome back to Financial Fridays brought to you by Align Wealth Management. I'm your host, Drew Watson, and this is the financial planning segment of the show where we take a deeper dive into your financial planning topics. And given the response to last year or last show's segment with regards to uh, what food is costing Uh, We've decided to take a little bit of a deeper dive on that topic, as it has proved to uh, strike a chord across the listener base of this show. Uh, To refresh everybody's memory, we did have a discussion last week with regards to what has gone on with food prices. And uh, if you've been to the grocery store any time in the last year, you know things have gotten much, much more... uh, expensive, uh, and definitely not very many things have had price declines. Now, when it comes to food prices, this is kind of a wake-up call uh, for Americans because, uh, you know, we are used to paying uh, very little for our food as a percentage of what we um, make, and certainly, uh, you know, uh, we... Are not used to uh, paying top dollar uh, and having shortages especially at the grocery store uh, as these are all uh, what I would say uh, new territory um, for the uh, for the consumers here um, in the US but uh, specifically speaking you know one of the things that um, that we see is that all food is made from some underlying commodity. And um, as we talk about usually the top of each show, uh, we'll, we'll highlight certain commodities. Um, on average commodities, such as say soybeans and corn, hit kind of um, you know their highs for the year price-wise. Right around uh, July to August, and then saw a pretty good sell off. Now, since those August or or late July lows, um, prices have kind of appreciated back, but we're still, in the case of soybeans, uh, you know, call it uh, 13, 15% off the highs of the last 12 months. Uh, Corn uh, for March delivery. Uh, you're looking at about six seventy nine dollars a bushel. Uh, likewise, uh, corn peaked more like in May uh, and then bottomed out by the end of July 1st of August. And, um, you know, where we are right now with corn is, uh, you know, off their highs. We've got a uh, about a 17% decline uh, in corn prices. But um, as you get into other Commodities, there's costs that go into uh, making the food that we eat, uh, not just the uh, underlying uh, commodities. Now, if you look at live cattle, live cattle is back to an all-time high. I think midweek this week we're about, I think, $158 um, the way that's priced uh, for, for live cattle. Uh, their February contracts, March was up to uh, 185 Um, you know, um, on their contracts for live cattle. Now, with the exception to cattle, if we look at um, live hogs, for example, um, for most of the year, they were kind of going in another direction, and they just keep putting in new lows. So if you want to do a social experiment and become a uh, part-time economist, go to the grocery And uh, start looking at the differences in price between, say, pork tenderloin and beef tenderloin, Um, whereas pork tenderloin is in at about $78. So it is um, essentially, real quick on the math, um, about 31, almost 32% off its highs, whereas beef keeps putting in new highs. If you... Look at that! Just rough numbers. Um, pork should be probably right around half, or a little bit less than half than beef. So this would be uh, a good experiment to take into consideration, uh, especially. And, and here, here's the other thing when it comes to to beef. Uh, the thing that's all the rage in the beef business now is grass-fed beef. Uh, I guess, as opposed to corn fed, but if your cow's out in the pasture, I mean I'm sure it's eating grass, it's not going to pass by that big buffet but but essentially uh keep an eye on uh the difference between beef and pork prices as they have definitely uh, done a one eighty now wheat is a commodity like beef that is uh near the lows of the last 12 months, uh, they're again kind of well off the highs from, uh, early summer. And, and that should help because of, you know, wheat and grains go into a lot of things. Uh, oats, uh, for example, uh, is another commodity that's also kind of getting up off the floor. It looked like it hit a almost triple bottom from late October through December and then, uh, earlier in January. But, um, uh, If you want to pay attention to this, you can definitely see where these uh, prices are going, as I would suspect, Um, but do not know that you should see, um, you know, I would think beef prices hopefully come down, but uh, you might see inadvertently, let's say, uh, pork prices go up. you can kind of look at what's going on. I will look at kind of sugar as the final thing. Sugar goes into a lot of different items. And, uh, you know, sugar's traded um, you know, within uh, a pretty tight range all year in, uh, say, from 1740 to 20, uh, a little bit more than 20. And, and right now we're a little bit higher to the top end of that range. Um, on the March contract at about uh, you know twenty one eighty, but uh, just you know probably a week ago we were under nineteen dollars or nineteen uh, for for sugar. So um, keep in mind that a lot of uh, market watchers are watching what happens in the commodity space to get a break on flu- food inflation. And on this show, we definitely will. So, um, you know, for a long time, lumber's been the uh, commodity du jour because it's something fun that everybody's uh, been talking about. But certainly, we will, uh, you know, uh, be watching that on an ongoing basis. Keep listening to Financial Fridays right here on this station, brought to you by Align Wealth Management. And we will be back after a word from our sponsors.
1: What do you want to do when you grow up? When we were young, it's a question we were often asked. As we get older, our passions become clearer, our pursuits become careers, and if we're diligent, we begin to plan for the life we want to live. That's why at Ameriprise Financial, we ask, what's most important to you? Starting with our confident retirement approach, your Ameriprise Financial Advisor will ask questions that will help you arrive at a customized plan that can help you realize your goals today, tomorrow, and throughout retirement. With the right financial advisor, life can be brilliant. Call Align Wealth Management, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc. today at 270-684-8424. That's 270-684-8424. Office is located at twenty seven zero eight New Hartford Road in Owensboro, Kentucky. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services Inc., a registered investment advisor.
0: Hello, and welcome back to Financial Fridays, brought to you by Align Wealth Management. I'm your host Drew Watson, and this is the Email Bag segment of the show, where we will answer your questions with regards. to financial and business topics, um, this week's question is more about kind of uh, hiring and firing, and and because in a lot of businesses, personnel is the largest cost that you have, and how to go about doing it. Now, one of my uh, uh, longtime mentors and CFO, Bill Young, if you're listening, Bill, hello, uh, had a motto: uh, be slow to hire, quick to fire. And um, another longtime mentor of mine always said it's easier to stay out of trouble than to get out of trouble. So what exactly does that mean? Uh, I think most successful businesses uh, have uh, leaders that are surrounded by people um, that can easily, efficiently, and eagerly carry out what the uh, mission And the goals are of any company, rather large or small. So this doesn't matter if you're cutting grass um, in town, you know, mowing yards like I used to do, or if you're running a multi-million dollar business, uh, that's still the concept. So what do you need to do to do that efficiently? Well, one, really take some time to study your business and know what are you hiring for, meaning what skills are needed what are the underlying traits that, that a person needs to have um, to do the job? Now, this, you know, I'm not saying, hey, you need to hire a veter- veterinarian to uh, build the space shuttle, but in certain businesses, you may not need to hire someone with an exact degree matched to your job if they don't have the other skills necessary to perform that and carry out your goals, uh, and your vision for the business, um, in an efficient and excellent and eager manner. Uh, in a lot of businesses, this is the other thing to think about. Uh, are you in a business that a lot of the, um, technical aspects of the business can be taught by you or another team member uh, in a way that's easy to pick up and can be carried on? Or are they going to you know, essentially, um, need to be learned from a book, the courses in college and post uh, graduate uh, degrees. Now, I say that from the standpoint that if you really know your business and know the components that make your business go, what you may do, know, for example, is um, if you're in a business of getting things, uh, even a professional business, that Relies on billings, et cetera. You may not need to hire a person with a lot of financial background because a lot of computers can do the technical part. But really, what you may be looking for is a person that you know has enough self discipline and initiative that on a recurring and systematic basis, your customers are going to be billed for the services you do for them. Uh, And If people don't pay or don't pay the full bill, they have enough initiative to reach out proactively without having to get you involved as the owner of the business to say, hey, um, notice I got part of the invoice back. Is there a question or problem with any of the billings or anything that we've done? So, you know, keep in mind, I would say the most underrated skills to have in a business are one, initiative, and two, uh, the ability for people to kind of prioritize and organize um, tasks that need to be done in a specific order to make them recurring, systematic, and uh, essentially you take discretion out at the operating level so that your business continues to run very, very smoothly from day to day. So how do you find people with initiative? Well, That's kind of the age-old question. And if you've got somebody with initiative, you want to keep them close to you, uh, that's for sure. And essentially, you know, a couple things that years have taught me is uh, not all the time, but a lot of time if someone comes to you with some uh, letters behind their name, that means they've showed some initiative. Uh, It doesn't matter if you're a medical doctor um, or CPA, CFP. Uh, you know, a lot of those uh, people have to do studying on their own and um, put time in away from an organized classroom or study setting. And anytime someone is self-disciplined enough to do that and they can get it done, that shows you that they have the I word and that is initiative. Um, you know, and then, too, if you know me, you know, Sometimes it's easier to look on the other side of the coin and just know what to avoid um, when it comes to um, people and and how do people that don't have initiative, how do they stand out? Well, one, if they've kind of been in the same type of role uh, in a previous organization for quite some time, a good interview question is, why is that? Why haven't you moved up? Uh, Explain to me how how that works. And also, if you can kind of have someone tell you a story and there's no, um, you know, what I would say, uh, there's no evidence that that person's kind of taking the reins on anything, you would see that would be probably a a pretty good lack of initiative. Now, old-fashioned ways to find initiative, if uh, you find someone that's been pretty successful working for themselves... Uh, That takes a lot of initiative. That should be a tip-off. They should be able to get things done. If they have been persistent in coming to you about looking for job opportunities um, and they do it, you can tell, yeah, they've got me kind of down on a feeler file. This is
1: WOMI Owensboro.